This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. (laughs) Oh my God, it's a dog. And so I'm- It's a special dog. (laughs) Like, are you crying right now thinking about our dog? (laughs) She's ridiculous. I never loved a dog so much. Yo, so with this woman, right? We're walking the dog, and she knows that I was a dog trainer. And, you know, I've taught You were so mean. I know what this is. I was not. You, hey, we had a mediator. In five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everybody. This is the Genius Brain Podcast. Today, we are here from Manila. And I want you to know that you are very special. And I love you very much. Thank you for calling customer service. This is Janelle speaking. How are you today? Have you actually been in the Philippines? I have never. Really? I've been to the Philippines before. And the only place I've been is Manila. Oh, really? And it is... What were you doing in the Philippines? Uh, my friend was there, and we planned to go, you know, go to the beach, beach side. Uh-huh. That didn't happen. I just got stuck in Manila for a week, and boy, was that a disaster. It Wait, is, why? I don't get it. Manila is so sketchy. So sketchy. Oh, really? Th- yes. So sketchy that you are never allowed to walk outside. You go from a car to a building to another building. If you're outside, it's very dangerous. They have rifle guns in front of supermarkets. Oh, really? Like the security guards. There are two security guards with a rifle. And before you go inside a supermarket, you have to get everything checked. Kind of like LAX, where everything needs to be checked. You go through a metal detector, I think. Something like that. Wait, why'd you go to... Wait, so Manila (laughs) Manila is... uh, Is that like the capital or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's really impoverished. Yes. So where do people stay at when they go on vacation then? Like a resort? Yeah, the the I don't oh, I don't know the Philippines well, but you know they have the But that's the, not in Manila then. No. No, that's like on the outside. Like the coastal area. Yeah. Manila's in the center of the country. But then why'd you why'd you go if you're going to go in Because we were planning to go to the beach, but uh I don't know what happened. Like a typhoon? No. I don't know. I was with her, my friend and her relatives. I don't know. Somehow we didn't end up going there. So we ended up going to a fake uh, <laughs> resort where they had beach, but like it was whatever. And then there were a lot of donkeys that we could ride <laughs> on. And so we did that. And I thought I was going to die because there was no safety gear. It was just a dude behind me who was teasing me because I got so scared. So he kept making the donkey run Go faster. Go faster. <laughs> go, go faster. Make her more scared. Hey, putang. She's going to do it anyways. I mean, like all the rich people, they go to the malls, the big malls, and just hang out, eat. Yeah. It's anyway. weird because there's so many... Cult- when we So 
this past year, Meryl and I, you know, I've, we, we said it before that we were supposed to go to Vietnam. And so in order for us, well, after the whole quarantine happened and the whole COVID situation happened, we were trying to get our refund back. So we got our first refund back, right? And I remember before, <laughs> she was so adamant that we buy the ticket. She was like, what's the worst that could happen? And it, and then all the airways got shut in Vietnam. And so we're still waiting for the $4,000 back, which I said, remember, that we shouldn't do it. Actually, mm-hmm. that's not how it went because... Wait, are you talking about the first one or the second the one? The second one. The second one, I said we shouldn't do it. The second one... No, we were still going to do it because our friends already bought the tickets. No, I said that we shouldn't do it. Then why did we do it? Because you wanted to go. No. Yeah. You said that You said that it, it's, like, it's okay. It's going to be fine. Lynn and Vince are, are, are doing it. Yeah, and I said I didn't want to, remember? Yeah, that's right. The truth is coming out, everybody. I don't think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't yeah, yeah. make sense because this was your present for me. So why would I decide what we, we to do with We finally got the money? refund. I was like, cool. Well, let's... Yeah, and who got that money back for you? The, the That experience was the worst. Okay, let me, t- let me tell the story. What okay, the go ahead. Was, right? so... If you want to go ahead, tell your story. <laughs> I don't care. So Whatever. literally every morning on my way to work, which is about 40 minutes of commute, I will be on the phone with, which one was it, Viama? It was Viama, yeah. Viama, waiting, Still waiting. waiting for my fucking money back, by the way. Actually, Viama gave us our money back. The f- second one. The second one's from a different company. Oh, is it? Hey, thank you, Viama. I appreciate it so much. <laughs> Wait, I don't know that. Is the second one Viama? No, no, no. Viama was the second one, too. We ordered on Viama again. I don't no, I don't think yes, so. Yes, it is. I'm the one still getting the emails right now from Viama. Okay. Anyway, so keep calling. And literally, it took me two weeks every day calling. And no joke, I'd be on the phone for like two to three hours waiting and waiting. And I would t- get in touch with someone. And then that person put me on hold and then transferred me to someone. And sometimes the line gets cut up out of nowhere. And so... Oh, they're trying to break your spirit. That's why. Yeah, they're trying to be like, okay, let's see if... I'm sorry. I'm sorry, ma'am, sir. Uh, What happened was the line got cut off. But if you will wait for just maybe 10 more minutes. Yeah. And it's never 10 minutes. Every time. Excuse me. Hello, ma'am, sir. I'm so sorry for the wait. Um, So, yeah, I was doing that for two weeks. And I finally got the refund. And then within 24 hours... We lost half of that money again by purchasing another ticket because we thought it would be fine, but it wasn't. <laughs> so I'm still out four grand right now. Yep, four thousand dollars. Come on, Viama, give us our money back. Uh, if you uh, would like to talk to my manager, please hold. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to hold because I know what you're going to do. You're going to hold me on here for about two hours. They'll come back. They're like, thank you for waiting for your patience, <laughs> ma'am, sir. Uh, can you please uh, tell me the the code that you have for the ticket? And I'll tell them, okay, this is what we can do. We can give you a partial refund. And I'm like, nope, no partial refund. Do we even got that? I don't even got the option of that. There's just like, you need to con- contact the actual airline and get the refund. And I'm like, okay. That's so what I'm saying. The, remember, first one was, the first one wasn't Viama then. Yeah, it's not Viama. I told you. See, everybody listen. <laughs> no, 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 no. Earlier you said the second one was Viama. Yeah. No, you said it wasn't. One of them is actually, I don't know which one, but I know they're not from the, the second, same The second company. one is Viama is what I was saying because I'm the one dealing with it right now with the emails. 
So the yeah, so they're not the same company. Exactly. You said the first one was Viama. You'll see it on the footage. I said one of them was. I said they're not from the same company. Oh my god! You, I, I'm, I'm so glad this is being recorded okay. right it's now. It's being recorded. I'm Let's so see. glad this is being recorded right now. Remember, I said one of them. Mom, not Sarah, both. I don't, I don't think, I don't appreciate the way you're talking to me. <laughs> uh, anyway, so. Uh yeah. Yeah, so the, it's it's weird because when you listen to a Filipino call center, you you can't They're even so get mad sweet. at them is because they are literally reading off a piece of paper. And the oh. reason why I know that <laughs> is because every time I called back, it was the same spiel, same sentence, same everything. So no matter how mad that you get, they're really not even listening to what the fuck you're saying. <laughs> they just know that if they yell, I say line number 42. <laughs> and if they say, if I say line 42, this is going to be their response. Their response is about three options. They're either going to be mad, be happy as for manager. And so I will go to option 17. <laughs> so this is how they just read this fucking piece of paper and they just keep going. And so I just sat there. I remember I was like, they're reading a piece of paper to me right now. Mm-hmm. They're not even listening. Mm-hmm. So, they're, you know, they're doing their job. I think like Filipino customer service is the best to deal with angry people because there's no emotions involved. They just kind of say what they have to say. It's true. Filipinos and Indians. Oh, they, I didn't, we didn't get Indian calls center. We got all Filipino Oh, people. I'm talking about other customer services when it's Indian. Uh, it's from India. Yeah. Uh, but when I do like from Verizon, for example, right, you will usually get uh, a, a rep from India. But when you get it from the U.S., it's a whole different conversation. I'm I sometimes I just like, should I am I allowed to get mad right now? Because you're about to talk back to me. <laughs> I mean, you could always like that's why they always ask for the manager. And then you could ask. But I've, I've it's been pretty decent. Except for uh, Southwest. Southwest, I had a problem with. I think I, I think I got somebody fired from there. Oh, I had a problem with Chase. Oh, really? One time. This was years ago when someone gave me an attitude. I forget what the problem was, but I called customer service. I was like infuriated because the guy would be so rude to me that um, I called back and asked for the supervisor. And the supervisor gave me a call back and apologized. It's hard though sometimes. Sometimes when you talk to customer service, but I hear it, <laughs> you're upset. <laughs> yeah, if I have to wait for two weeks yeah, for yeah, hours, yeah, yeah. and I'm working. <laughs> That's the hard part. Because <laughs> I remember one time she was, I was hearing her talk to customer service, and she said a phrase that. What did I say? I, for what? I forgot what it was for, but remember I stopped and I was like, I could see why that person was a little irritated at you. It was because you were saying something. I think like what happens sometimes is like when you say these words, it, it doesn't translate very well, right? So when like, you're angry, nothing translates well. No, huh? but you weren't angry though. That's the thing. Like you said something like in an American phrase, where if you say that, it sounds very aggressive. But you were. Oh, but you were. Oh, I remember what it is. What was it? I don't remember what it was for, but I said, "Did you want me to do that, or am I supposed to do that?" Something like that. Yeah, like something like that. And I was like. That's very combative, you know, but in your mind, you're just asking a question like, am I supposed to do this? But what it sounded like when you were talking to the customer service person, it's like, oh, you're asking me to do it. That's how I perceived it, you know, but then I saw your face and I was like, oh, she's not upset. She's just asking. Mm -hmm. But just from hearing it verbally, it sounded Mm -hmm. like you were, you were telling them like, well, what am I supposed to do your job for you? That's Mm -hmm. what it sounded like. It's not always like that though. And then when I heard the guy, he could tell you was a little pissed. I was like, oh, I could kind of see it. But if you saw your face, he would have known that you weren't upset. You, you were just asking. <laughs> see, that's the benefit of my face is that a lot of the times, it's like, you know, I have to agree that I do and did have those kind of uh, moments because when I was in college, my first year, uh, 
tour my first year i met you know i made some friends and one of the friends was really blunt like she's very uh she's a she was a great friend who was very honest about everything right so she later on she'd be like man girl sometimes you could be very ditzy but with that face like you're very forgiving and i'm like what do you mean she's like you just sometimes you say things and i'm just like girl what is wrong with you and i look at your face but like oh you're so innocent though (laughs) (laughs) i was like oh it's like but that's a good thing and i'm like okay okay she was like a senior i think she wasn't seen she was a senior yeah Mm-hmm. And she gave me that. I still remember that. I was like, oh, am I ditzy? But I think I was just, I think I'm just, I was just really innocent back then. And so I would say things, but then because how I look or like how I'm presenting myself, I'm I'm not meeting it in a bad way. Well, you way. have a very weird, you're hard to understand <laughs> because you, I think it's because you hopped around so much. Like you, you're, you're missing certain like cultural pieces, mm-hmm. like cultural nuances when, when you speak English. Like you don't, Oh, yeah. Like I certain mean, phrases yeah. that you don't know that can be really offensive. Absolutely. That you don't know that it is. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's very weird. Like for Here's a great example too. Like this is why I say too, it's it's hard to judge people uh, just with blanket thoughts, right? And mm-hmm. what I mean by that, and that's not a very good way to explain what I'm talking about. But if I, let me just explain. It's like, for example, um, I always talk about intent, right? When people have conversations with people and how they perceive things and how you deal with very awkward situations. And the reason why I say that, number one, it helps you to be less combative. And number mm. two, it, it allows you to be empathetic towards somebody else's situation. Sure. Uh, so for example, uh, I grew up very fortunate where I say that I grew up around a lot of different cultures. So I have this lens and this view of understanding how to tiptoe around um, very awkward cultural situations because I've already been around it since I was younger, Mm -hmm. right? So for example, like I remember when Mariel first met Khalif, Mariel looked at Khalif and said, (laughs) hey, can I touch your hair? And I looked at her, I was like, don't do that. She goes, why? I just want to touch your hair. And I explained to her, I was like, would you like a random person that you just met come up and then run, run their fingers through your hair? I was like, to you, it seems innocent because it's different from your hair. So you want to know what it feels like. Yeah. But to them, it's just their hair. Yeah. So you can't just go up and just start asking somebody, can I touch your hair? It makes them feel like they're an object, mm-hmm. you know? And for her, that's something that I've seen a lot of people do that just never grew around, grew up around black people, mm-hmm. right? Or just black cultural in general. So I know intent-wise, it's just, oh, your hair is different than mine. It would be nice if I could touch it to see the difference. Yeah. However, it's it's a very awkward thing to do when they when you kind of take a step back and you mm-hmm. kind of reverse the situation, mm-hmm. you know? So if somebody can get really mad at somebody for um, in that, but if you look back at it and say, oh, I actually never grew up around uh, black people, black culture or anything else. So I didn't know that was a weird thing, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, I've, I've definitely have to sometimes like, I wouldn't say help people per se, but help them to understand that, right? Because social media has allowed a lot of these kids just to get mad at at people in an instant without empathizing, mm-hmm. without kind of putting themselves in their shoes. Mm-hmm. And I always say too, when some of these kids, they send me these articles about these people who, you know, have these racist things that happen. Mm-hmm. I'll take a step back. I'll look at them. I'm like, that's not racist. That person actually had really good intentions. He just obviously didn't grow up around the culture. So he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. So instead of taking a point to educate somebody in some of these situations and talking to them, have a normal fucking human conversation. You're so busy getting cool points, recording this so you could send it to me so I could trash this person. <laughs> so you don't have have a good intent you're actually not a good person at all because what you're trying to do is gain social currency by shitting on somebody because it's the cool thing to do rather mm-hmm. than saying like oh this is a this is a it's, it's an opportunity for me to talk to somebody mm-hmm. and and help them learn and understand so that's why I, I i think it's very odd when people just expect people to understand their culture when nobody has introduced their culture to them at all you know it's it's true i mean i think i'm very fortunate i do have 
look <laughs> where I could get that pass. Um, but I mean, it doesn't mean it's a good thing. I think I learned a lot from that, that I just needed to be a little bit more aware. But something like that where I've never experienced, it was my first time seeing, you know, it was my first time seeing that hair. So I'm just like, and it's so close to me. And But at the same time, after you explained it, like it totally made sense that it could be very inappropriate. And, you know, it's... This podcast is brought to you by Skillshare, my friends. What is Skillshare? Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of inspiring classes for creative and curious people. You can explore new skills, deepen existing passions, and just get lost in creativity. Listen, I like learning on my own accord. There are so many things that I want to learn, like whether it's photography, videography, graphic design, whatever, you name it. I need courses that I can access whenever I want and however I want by credible people. And that's what Skillshare has. I'm pretty sure if you're like me out there and you want to learn something new, you have to scour the internet for, for teachers, lessons, or courses. Skillshare has your back. It makes things so easy. Right now, I'm actually learning how to do uh, iPhone videography through a course on Skillshare, and it's super fun. Uh, an iPhone essentially is a camera that we didn't have even 10 years ago with a lot of these DSLRs. So if I'm out traveling and I want to keep things really small, I was like, okay, well, why don't I just use my iPhone? Well, they have a course on how to maximize your cinematography and filmmaking abilities with your iPhone, and I love that course. My friends, for you right now, my genius brain listeners... Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash GB and get a free trial of premium membership. That's Skillshare.com slash GB. Once again, that's S-K-I-L-L-S-H-A-R-E dot com slash GB. Till this day, like I'm still learning American culture. Like when I, you know, I started working in an American company five years ago. And from there on, I've learned so much about American culture of like, how people work with one another, things that they can say. Um, and, you know, when I went to my first, when I went to my university, which was, um, it was University of San Diego before I went to Berkeley, it was full of white people. There were only literally a handful of Asians. And prior to that, I was living in an Asian bubble. It was all Asian. There were barely, rarely any other race. And so when I went to that school, honestly, it was really hard for me to adjust because nobody looked like me and nobody had the same interest as me. You know, I loved watching anime, but these girls like to go, you know, I don't know, go be part of sorority or something. And I was like, what the hell is sorority? So it... it, And then, you know, you want to be part of something. And so I tried, I think I tried really hard to be, to blend in. Mm -hmm. And then part of that was kind of being a ditzy at the same time, just so that I could get that attention, I guess. Um, Oh, I would have hated you. (laughs) Shit, I would have hated that shit. I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, I didn't make any white friends. (laughs) Mm. I ended up sticking with my Asian friends. Yeah. Because it was hard for me to be around people like that at the time that people weren't really growing. But, you know, at the same time, you're 18 years old. I mean, who am I to tell somebody like, oh, you're not a grounded person? Because I wasn't grounded at 18 either. I don't know. I was totally exploring myself who I am. And then when I came back yeah. from, uh, what is it? When I, came, when I went back home uh, during like winter break or something, my friends, even my parents were like, whoa, you're so different. 
Like, oh really yeah in not sense? in a bad way it's just the way i was maybe just like the way i was talking i was talking much faster for some reason um and no joke i didn't understand korean when i went back i was like what happened to me i don't understand what they're saying i don't know how to speak korean like it was a huge like i am very easy to adapt to new environment that's the one thing is that if i get into a new environment i could absorb so well that i actually could forget other things that I've learned. Is that a good thing or a bad thing to you? Because that's hard for me. Like I can't. I think for me, if I was younger and I had and I met you at the time, I probably wouldn't have liked you because I, I hate that. I, I probably wouldn't have hung out with you either. Well, well, I'm not saying as a diss. I'm just saying like for you, it's like that. That in college, that behavior was something that I had trouble. What was uh, the behavior? People who would flip their personalities constantly. I don't flip. It's not that I'm flipping, it's that I could adjust to it. So going from 100% Asian community to 100% white community, that's a huge change. And I was able to survive, not being a fake person, but adjusting to the new environment. Yeah, I think we all have that adjustment thing, right? We, we make those tweaks here and there. Yeah, y but it doesn't either. mean I was not myself. It was just I was also exploring myself. I mean, I'm outside of my bubble. It's like, okay, let's see what what's out there. You know, I go and have party with this crew and I go have party with other crew. And just like really like expanding my network and seeing what where I fit. But along that experience, I am changing. I'm molding into one thing into another thing. So when I come back home, I am a little bit different. The way I talk is different. The way uh maybe the way i talk is different the way things i used to do might change might have changed one thing that i did realize is that i lost my touch um how to speak korean so when i went to korea that uh winter i had a hard time communicating with my family and friends over there so you're just kind of extreme though do you see what i'm saying because i remember even when uh we were dating or we were going out in the first couple of years i mean mm -hmm. i think you and i got into a few arguments but i just i didn't like how sometimes you would um kind of do you do you do that it's kind of extreme you know, you know what i mean it i think it's called survival mode <laughs> but it, it was like for me i'm not I, it's, it's a quality that i just don't like you know what i mean that like, i could mold into something not, it's not molding but it's like you you kind of change your personality for a specific group not in the sense like in it's not as extreme as i'm saying it right it's actually very minor right it's mm -hmm. just one of my personal pet peeves right so for example like uh like i said we all have these things where you know obviously if i'm in a professional setting i'll be a little more professional right yeah. because it's a work setting if i'm in a party setting it's going to be you know party mm -hmm. david's going to come out but i think like for example like uh, you like when you hang out with lynn you hang when you hang out with lynn your your the way that you speak your cadence and everything starts to mold to how lynn speaks Right. Mm. And that would be the stuff that remember we used to, I used to get in arguments about you with that stuff because mm. like every time you would hang out with her, you'd be like, okay, girl. Like, I'm like, what the fuck? What is this? It's the person that I, I didn't date that person. Uh huh. You know what I mean? And I think, who did you date? Huh? You, the person that's talking right now, <laughs> you know? And I think for you, sometimes like when you get out of your element, what you do is that you, you try to mold into that. You know, but you don't have to. It's what I'm saying. It's like you're perfectly fine the way that you are, and that person will appreciate who you are as you are. I think that's the one thing I did learn, like from, from, th not from then, um, from college till now. I think I have. I mean, obviously, that's been that's been a while, and I've changed a lot. And I think, really, from last year is where I really thought to myself, like, 
some just some stuff let's just say it's at work or personal life i'd be like i don't care i don't give a mm. because this is who i am and if you don't like me for who i am if you think i'm too asian for those or not white enough and i can't you know joke around with certain types of jokes i don't care and that's it really hit me in my 30s i think mm. prior to that my 29 and you know 20 21 to 29 i think i still had moments where i want to blend in mm-hmm. i mean till this day like some you know obviously you gotta no, we adjust. all do it to yeah. a certain extent that's what i'm saying like i think it's smart for people to do it to a certain but, yeah. degree i think but, my foundation yeah. definitely has grown in my 30s yeah. in my 30s and i think it's also because i have stayed in one location for a really long time it's my first time ever staying in one location for more than two years yeah. prior to that like i had to live in different countries adjust to different culture and get along with people you yeah. know and so i think i was so used to that that maybe my foundation just wasn't really grounded and then it was until i think it also time. kind of stems just from now that you know now that i've obviously known you for like six years now it's mm-hmm. you know you've always had a very a tumultuous, tumultuous like upbringing like you were always traveling here here and there yeah. here and there so fitting in for you was something that you had to learn how to do uh, and you had to do it yeah. really fast because you yeah. just kept moving all the time mm-hmm. you know versus somebody like me i stayed in sacramento for a fat chunk of my life except for the last like 12 years you know so mm-hmm. i was a sacramento kid that's yeah. who i was i had I, I still have the same friends since junior high and high school till this mm-hmm. day same friends from elementary school you know, we still kick it. Even for Thanksgiving, we did a Zoom Thanksgiving, Friendsgiving. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I don't know what that means and what that feels like because it's it was a struggle. I mean, it was it was a curse and a blessing at the same time because when you're traveling, you get to really experience so many things, right? But at the same time, you don't know where you're where to balance it's like, like it's it, like you said it feels like survival mode right it's mm-hmm. like okay do i ha- how long am i going to be here for right do i have enough time for me to be this person and these people to get used to it and then this whole adaptation fit i might as well just go ahead and adjust to what they do and then who knows how yeah. long i'm going to be here you know and i think for me seeing that from you as an adult kind of surprised me because uh i usually tend to stray away from that type of behavior <laughs> and you're with one <laughs> <laughs> because with me like i'm pretty much who i am throughout no matter what right yeah. so it's either Either you you take me for who I am or or you don't. Mm-hmm. And you can be happy with that and I can be happy with that, right? Sure. Which is why I'm a very I'm a very polarizing person. Like I either you love me or you fucking hate me, right? But if you love me, you love me to death. If you hate me, you fucking hate me to death. Sure. And so that's really what it is. You know, so like when I saw you do a little bit of that, I was kind of shocked because I thought, you know, I'm like in my mind, I'm like, you're perfectly fine. You don't have to mold the way that she speaks or the way that she does things. And you're, you know, it's it's almost like it's a trait for me. Yeah. I think it's a trait for during my survival mode that I tend to pick on. Uh, it could be a habit that I just kind of go along and how people do. It doesn't mean I'm changing. It's just in that moment, it's that survival mode kicks in where it's a habit that I had that I go along with how this community uh, communicates with each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just it's like I'm saying, like for me, it was very hard to watch. You so know? how did you overcome that? We got into a f- couple of fights about it <laughs> and, uh-huh. then we, and then you stopped it. <laughs> Did I? Yeah, because she used to because used to do this thing where whenever you hung out with her, specifically her, right? Because Lynn and I have been friends for what I don't know twenty years now, you know. Mm-hmm. So the way Lynn and I behave and we talk to each other, it's very, uh, it 
it's very specific to us, right? Yeah. And but I have a very specific relationship with you that I like that I cherish. But then I think when you saw how she and I would you would try to do whatever how she I was like, who is this person? Like uh, there's a reason why Lynn is my friend and you're my fiance. <laughs> you know? Like don't yeah. do what she does because then I'm attracted to Mariel. You know what I mean? <laughs> don't don't do that. You, you know so what I mean? So do I do that with anyone else? It, like recently has anything? No, you not after we got into those couple big fights. Like you haven't really done it. Well, not in front of me anyways, you know, mm. because mm. it's just, you know, and I, and I, rem, and, and by the way, when I, when I encapsulate this in, in this conversation, it's, it's very, you know, particular and very specific. So like I said, when you're in a professional setting, yeah, you should behave a little more professionally. Mm -hmm. When you're with your friends, you, you, you know, you're allowed to do that. But I'm talking about foundation shifts, right? Where the person becomes a completely different person. Yeah. That's the stuff that always makes me uneasy. So even with some of my friends from back home, right? Mm -hmm. I have a buddy of mine that you've met him, oh, right? Oh, so she, oh, she, met, she met one of my friends, right? And this dude, <laughs> <laughs> so this guy is hilarious. So this guy, you know, uh, went to the military at a very young age, um, pretty much out of high school. Uh, a lot of my friends who did go to the military, they were kind of like hood, you know what I'm saying? Like they, that's who they very. are. Yeah, they're very hood. They kind of stay in this time capsule where they are who they are when they when they were in high school. And when mm -hmm. they left, they come back, they're still the same person. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of us have moved past a lot of the shenanigans and the stuff that we say and do. So for example, when he, w when he left to, uh, to go into the military and we kind of went to college or we did something else, we met a lot of different people and we kind of kept up with the times, we stopped using the N-word. Yep. You know what I mean? Which he can. He's like, you know, he's half black, whatever, right? So he's... His N-word is like, like for us. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how it was for all of us back in the day. Not but, in my back in the days. <laughs> but then for my back in the day, it was. <laughs> so for him, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, nobody's gonna say it. He's half black. So it's like, you know, but still, sure. when we're out in the street and I'm hanging out and like, I'm talking about when she first met this dude, right? Where we're shooting something and he comes up and he tells me he's in LA. I'm like, yo... Come through. I haven't seen you in a hot second. We're going to be at a bar anyways. We'll get something to eat. We'll drink, whatever. He comes out. The first thing he says, he goes, hey, what's up? <laughs> you know, oh, I'm my like, Yo, God. Shit. And I'm like, hey, bro, times have changed, man. You can't just be screaming that word, you know. But, you know, it, it, it's I think for her, it was very uh, shocking. Yeah, I've. it is very shocking because, A, I've never met anyone who would say that out loud so much. And B, he, to be honest, like I grew up in a very safe community <laughs> <laughs> where uh, in my bubble, uh, that type of word, that type of, you know, body language was very foreign. So yeah, I yeah, was yeah, shocked. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> but see, but somebody like him and I was explaining to her, I remember she asked me, she goes, why are you friends with somebody like that? And the, and the, the key important factor oh, that oh, I have. Oh, hold on, hold on. I didn't say why. I said how. How, how. How. You know, and my, what I always say when it comes to people who have been in my life for a very long time, they always share this one quality and one trait is that they're loyal as fuck. Right. And they are always who they are, no matter what. Mm. And the reason why that's important to me is because it develops uh, a relationship of trust. I I will always know who this person is and I will always know what their foundation is. Mm. So if something bad happens to me, it's not because of what they did. Right. This podcast is brought to you by Warby 
Parker, my friends, if you wear glasses or sunglasses, you need to get on Warby Parker. It's probably the easiest buying experience for eyewear I have ever had in my life, hands down. You know, one of the coolest things that you can do with Warby Parker is actually getting to try on five of their glasses or sunglasses with their home try-on kit to see how they look and feel. All you got to do is take a quick quiz, pick out your glasses, then boom, it's at your doorstep ready to try on. When you're done, there's a prepaid shipping level and you just ship it right back. How dope is that? Listen, if you can make online shopping for something as fickle as eyewear, convenient and fun, you got my money, you got my time, you got my support. Oh, and by the way, if there's more than like five that you want to try on, I actually found out that if you go through their app, you can virtually try them on as well. High tech, and it's actually surprisingly accurate. The quality, variety, look and feel of their products are amazing as well. You won't be disappointed. And I got to say, I look good in my shades. Your boy's styling. Try Warby Parker's free home try-on program. Order five pairs of glasses to try at home for free for five days. There's no obligation to buy. It ships free. And once again, it includes a prepaid return shipping label. Try five pairs of glasses at home for free at warbyparker.com slash GB. Once again, that's W-A-R-B-Y-P-A-R-K-E-R.com slash GB. Even if they did something wrong, mm-hmm. I know who that person is and I chose to stay around. They've always been upfront and honest about who they are. So if I'm around that person and they have stated to me from the get-go and from the jump and they've been consistent with who they are, mm-hmm. if something around me bad happens because of that person, I take responsibility for that because I chose to be around somebody. They didn't change. They are who they are. So this is these are the friendships that I have, right? Did so, you grow up with him? Like, did you guys go to the same yep, elementary, elementary school, oh, okay, okay. high school, junior high, everything? Mm-hmm. He's actually one of the, he's one of those guys that got me into a lot of trouble. <laughs> you interesting. Know? You know, it's interesting because what are the, say it again, what are the uh, things that you look into? It's mainly loyalty and then knowing who you are. Okay. Loyalty and knowing who you are. So funny enough, I have different background as you were. Most, you already know, but all my groups are from different, different phase of my life. Yeah. And different location. Uh, So they could be from Korea or from school or from Taiwan. Um, So they're from everywhere. And they're all very different, right? But the one thing, the reason, the one thing is that the reason why we are all still friends is because they, they put so much effort to keep in touch with me. And I do as well. And I put that as my loyalty too, is that they're so loyal that they really cherish our limited time that we had as friendship that they till this day whether that's two years three seven ten years ago that we still keep in touch and that's it it's it's interesting because you and i come from a different background different types of friends um but the value that i still cherish and the value that i look into is that all of these friends are very loyal to me and I am very loyal to them, obviously. And that's the reason why I'm still friends with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but they are all very different because they all, we develop friendship at a specific time of my life. So that that phase, I was friends with them. Um, and of course, in that group of friends, like I may not talk to like 80% of them, but 20% of them, we have very similar value that we still keep in touch. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's the... 
lot of people have hard times developing those type of friendships because mm -hmm. I think we're so used to developing relationships based on what we can gain from somebody, right? Mm. Which, you know, friendships too, it is a give and take thing, right? You you gain, you gaining a friendship, that's something that you'll gain out of it, right? Right. But in terms of like very specific things, you know, not just in this city, but just the way uh, I think like the youth like their mind has been set up. It's like, it's always about grinding hard, coming up, getting people to watch me, look at me. Mm -hmm. And so when you have that that goal in mind, mm -hmm. that also affects your personal relationships because now you're only thinking like, well, if this person isn't going to help me grow. That's that's like the hottest thing right now, right? They go, if you ain't going to help me grow, why do I have you in my life? You really? know? Yeah, that's like the Am hot thing. Am I out of touch? What? Well, that's, that's, that's what people say. It's like, if you ain't going to help me grow, you shouldn't be in my life. But to me, that's fucking dumb because sometimes friendships aren't about like your personal growth. Your personal growth is your own shit. Yeah. I understand that what you, when you mean when you say, um, if people are, if your friends are going to bring you down, well, clearly they're not your friends, Correct. but they shouldn't be here for your personal growth. Yeah. That's on you. Yeah. That's your shit. Find sometimes, a mentor then. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes your friends are just there to be your friends, yeah. to laugh, to joke around, you know, to talk about the past, just hang around and do absolutely fucking nothing. There are friends that I have right now in my life that if you look at what they do, they're just, just really happy-go-lucky people, but they don't have these business aspirations. They don't have you know, they're not typically what you would think of a very highly successful person, mm -hmm. but they're some of my closest friends. Yeah. I'm not around there because we're hustling and we're grinding together. Yeah. You, you know, it's this stupid idea. And this is, this is so dumb. Like, I hate that phrase because it's like, if you're not there to help me grow, that's not on your friends to do that. Your friends are there to be your friend. That's it's funny. It. I'm so glad I was born in this generation because I don't think any of us think like that. I am in the entertainment field where yeah. you could gain those kind of quote-unquote friends but i think i am very well protected and also very self-aware to know who are out there to just yeah have that specific goal and it is so obvious though and i don't i don't like it personally but i'm so glad that i'm not in that generation is that what you hear from your no it's just the general truth it's just everybody around me is kind of like that mm. now, and these are pe people i'm by the way they're they're not my friends, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, here, here's a great example. So Mariel and I, I, I took her to this one event where it was uh, like a social influencer event, right? Where you go around, they give you free stuff. If you like it, you could post for them or whatever. Oh, yeah. That right? was so weird. Right. That was the first one that I went to, too. Yeah. Right. And I was like, we weren't doing anything. And in my mind, I'm like, free shit. All right, let's yeah. go. And so we went to do our Asian thing where we heard free samples. And we're <laughs> like, hey, free sample. Let's do it, baby. And so we went there. And... One of the most disgusting behaviors that I've ever seen was this this young girl. And so when you get there, if you're a quote unquote influencer, they gave you like this concierge that would mm -hmm. just take walk you around. They would hold your bags or whatever and all your stuff for us. That was a weird part. Which is for weird, me. right? And our guy was like, "Hey, I'm a I was like, "You know what, dude? Give me my stuff. You go do whatever. Like uh -huh. you don't you don't have to do this, uh -huh. right?" And they're like, "Oh, no, they told us like, <laughs> "Relax. You show me what to do. Mm -hmm. I'm going to walk around. You don't need to hold my bags." You're good, man. Just go have fun. Go get some food and drinks and whatever. And we sent the guy away, right? But then there was one girl hmm. and they have their influence. The, so they have an assistant with them, right? 
their concierge. And that concierge has a name tag around them of that person's Instagram handle, mm-hmm. right? And so what they're doing, so they'll hold their bags for them and they'll basically cater to whatever they want. And this young girl had her fucking nose so far up her own fucking ass. It was so irritating, right? Because the way that she was, I just was listening the way that she would boss this person around, right? As if if she owned the dude, right? And I'm looking at this girl. I'm like, who the fuck is this little bitch? And so, and I just look, I'm like staring at her like, who are you? And so I was like, all right, cool. So I remember I looked down and I and I looked up her name. She had like 3,000 followers on Instagram. Oh. And that's who, and, and I'm like, hold on a second. I know personal friends who have 3,000. Yeah. They're not any influencer at all. And it's weird. Like they feel like they have to act a certain way, be yeah. a certain way, fake it till you make it type of thing, right? And they And they behave this way. Because they feel like this is what they have to do in order to be a popular or a recognized human being. And it's fucking disgusting. And that's the type of behavior that I hate. You know, and I'm watching this shit. And in my mind, I'm like, you're a fucking nobody. That's you're gross. literally a nobody. Right? In terms of this space. Yeah. Right? You haven't, even if you earned your way up to a certain status, there's no way you should treat somebody like and that. And I think the phrase faking you make it is that's not how you do it. It's, it's, it's like, dude, if you want to get respect, <laughs> <laughs> Rona. No, I'm kidding. I'm- <laughs> if you want to get respect, respect other people too. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's it's called karma, one thing. But I think I truly believe that in order to be successful, you gotta respect every single person. And if oh, I I just don't. I mean, people. That's just disgusting. It's just like one day it's going to hit you really bad of how foolish you were. Well, that's why I get scared sometimes to like when we we have a kid ourselves, you know, like where I wonder how well we're going to do as parents, you know, Uh, only because there's I, I still I'm a very goofy, funny dude. But when it comes to like in terms of parenting and um kind of being involved in even like our dog right i'm mm-hmm. a lot more strict than mariel is i'm yeah i'm very very strict you know yes you are and um i think you know one thing i i do i'm pretty confident is that neither of us are gonna be uh we're not going to spoil our kid because we didn't grow up that way yeah i mean people because my parents might have a different thought about this, but even the way I give my treats to, so it's funny, <laughs> the way you train Riley, it is very strict. We have different <clears throat> uh, part of how we train our our dog. The way I train my dog is that, you know, I love to give her treats, but I will give her very little. You know, it's like, you're not going to get big treats just because you sat down, you you know, you rolled over or whatever. Like you will do five different tr- tricks and I'll give you a little treat. David, on the other hand, I'll just give you a whole stack of beef. <laughs> I don't give her a whole stack. I, I don't do tricks with her. That's why. Yeah, like I, I never He just wants to give love. And that's the way giving love is that, you know, you like food. So here's some food. For me, it's like you like food, but you're going to have to earn it. <laughs> David, on the other hand, if I go for a walk with Riley... I just let her do whatever she wants. Like, sure, I will try to train her, but I feel so bad because I don't go out for a walk with her all the time. So when I do, I'm like, do your thing. Whereas David is like, nope, you're going to learn how to walk with a human. Mm-hmm. And there is no compromisation on that. Compromisation. <laughs> compromisation. <laughs> Yo, you love that word. That word. You I love made up that a word. word. Yo, what's up? Y'all want that 
compromisation, baby. There's no compromisation. There's no compromise. Yeah, there's no compromise on that. And so I because think, and the reason why and if we go into uh-huh. the, I know like dogs aren't kids like I I know the difference but the reason why is because my dog is also not somebody else's responsibility so if my dog doesn't know how to behave itself in public mm-hmm. and it makes other people uncomfortable mm-hmm. that's on me as mm. the dog owner mm. so when we walk like so I was a dog trainer for a little bit so in California you actually don't have to be licensed for it like it's 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 really weird I'm not I wasn't that great of it I did it for about a year right but one of the hardest things that people had when it came to You'd be surprised. It's, it's not teaching your dog how to sit. It's not teaching your dog tricks. The thing that people can't fucking do is get their dog to walk. And the reason why is because it requires patience. And a lot of people uh, think that you're being very oppressive to the dog. That's how I feel. Right? Yeah, yeah. But what I always told people when it came to dog training, and this is what I learned from the person who taught me, was that you could have your dog explore and do whatever. That's fine. Mm. But you have to set those boundaries as a pack leader, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. So if it's time to walk, it's time to walk. They'll sniff, they'll smell things, they're having a good time, their tail is up, right? Mm -hmm. But they can't do what they want at will because you as a a dog owner, when you're walking your dog, you are responsible for this dog and how it behaves, Yeah. right? So that's why when you see people walk and their dog starts, they start barking, and they go, oh, it's okay. It's like, yeah, it's okay for you because it's your dog. Mm -hmm. That's not my dog. Mm -hmm. You're making me feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm, And a lot mm -hmm. of people aren't considerate in that case. So when you walk your dog and you're training this dog, when you're walking with them, they have to know when we walk, this is what we do. At yeah. a stop sign, we stop here. When we stop and I say, have fun, smell everything that you want at the dog park. Have fun, run around, go in circles. Yeah. But when we walk, it's time to walk, mm-hmm. you know? And I think I think we, I mean, obviously, yeah, you're right. Dogs and babies are different stories. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like what we, our goal to achieve with this dog, I think hopefully that we will able to uh, apply the same thing to your kids. Yeah. Hopefully, our kids will be. I want. I all I wish for my kid is to be normal, have five fingers on each hand. <laughs> Ten, healthy. You want them yeah, to be healthy. Yeah, I want yeah. them to be healthy, and that's all I could wish for at this moment. Not me. I want them to be healthy, and I want them to be happy, have fun, but also no boundaries. And I think that's the. What I've been seeing too, like I said, I'm always asking people who I feel like are the best parents so in, in terms of what their kids look like, right? Because I've seen them grow up, sure. right? And I'm always asking them questions about how they did it. And they and, and the, one of the things that I always see from these people that I like anyways is that mm-hmm. they, were, they were very good at setting boundaries, mm-hmm. but also showing them a lot of love. And mm-hmm. I think for a lot of young parents right now, they're so scared of like having their kids hate them that they're scared to set these boundaries that are what they think is toxic, like parenting, like telling them not to do something, setting certain boundaries, how they should do things. People are like, oh, I'm stifling their creativity. Sure. But there's a problem with that too, because now they're putting their own personal issues that they have onto this child, right? One of the biggest things that we just had a conversation about this. So I have a a friend of mine, she she deals with, um, she's a family therapist, right? Mm. And... um, she says the one of the biggest issues that she has, especially when oh, family therapist or child therapist, I forgot what it was. I think it's a child therapist, but either way, she she helps kids with like um like family problems and also like like kids who have like motor function issues, like speech therapist, these speech therapists, 
I'm sorry, my bad. She's a speech therapist. Is this your friend? This yes. podcast is brought to you by Honey. Imagine this. You make a list of the gifts you're going to buy for the holidays, and then someone randomly gives you the money to help you buy one. Sound freaking good? You bet your sweet booty cheeks it does. Well, that's what Honey is doing. They're helping pay for $1 million worth of gifts. I'm not playing. You're probably wondering, is this the same Honey that automatically searches for promo codes online? And yes, you sweet, stupid, stupid people, it is. With with Honey, you can also make a list of all the holiday gifts you want from certain stores, and Honey will email you when the price drops on anything on your list. Just add Honey to your computer, create a free account, and throw some holiday gifts on your drop list for a chance to win. Honey will randomly select winners and give them the money to help buy something on their list. You know what I'm going to add on my drop list, son? An espresso, because your boy be liking espressos. And my fiance wants one for her Christmas gift, and I don't want to pay for that shit, so you you best believe I'm going to put that on there. No purchase necessary. You need a PayPal account to redeem the prize. Only valid in the U.S. giveaway ends on 12-21-2020. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash brain. That's joinhoney.com slash brain. Okay. I'm sorry. Not a family therapist. I'm thinking family because I'm thinking about a child. But she's a speech therapist, right? Uh-huh. So one of the things that I was telling her about this, she says she's dealing with a lot of young parents right now, is that their kids can't communicate. Sure. Which is so fucking fascinating. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I'm like, wait, what do you mean? I thought we're in the age now where parents want to have conversations with their kids. They want to do – she goes, yeah, that's true. But when they're at a young age, a lot of these parents don't want their kids to face any any type of adversity. But when you do that, it actually stifles their learning. Sure. And I was like, what do you mean by that? I was like, for example, she goes, a lot of these kids are having commu- having trouble communicating what they want yeah. because their parents are doing things for them. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean by that? She goes, for example, if a kid comes up and the kid goes, uh, it starts whining or fussing or crying, mm-hmm. the child clearly wants to communicate that it wants something, right? And this is like in the stage where the kid can kind of ver- verbalize what they want or show what they want sure. with their hands physically or whatever. Yeah. But before the child can express that, a parent will come in and just grab it for them. Is this what you want? Here. Yeah. Before they learn how to communicate things verbally and deal with their emotions. Mm-hmm. And so they're so scared for this kid to face adversity, to feel bad emotions and bad thoughts that she has to teach these parents like, hey, you got to allow these kids to communicate. Mm-hmm. And then it goes deeper than that. When they're older, when they face adversity, they feel like they shouldn't feel sadness. They shouldn't feel pain and everything should be happy. Yeah. And so the parents basically want to address the problem before they feel negative feelings. Yeah. And, and by the way, this isn't, I'm, I'm just regurgitating what this conversation sure. that I had with this person that was a speech therapist. Yeah. This is not me saying as somebody who doesn't have kids. I'm saying it from the perspective of a person that deals with this a lot. It's funny because I've, Korean, so these days, Korean, in Korea, there's a lot of uh, reality shows about parenting. And it's so fun and fascinating to see it because they're usually a therapist or professional who is there to observe and analyze how the parents are interacting with the kids. And one of them, it was like, a, do you remember SES? Yes. So there's a K, first generation K-pop group called SES. Love them. Uh, one of them had one of them. One of the ladies uh, was in a a show called I think Superman Returns. Uh, it's basically where a celebrity and the kid are interacting with each other, and they what they like to do is that they like to analyze how the parents are interacting with the kids. And this 
family is like perfect. Everybody see them as a perfect family. It turns out that the kid is actually lacking in speech because exactly what you said. Oh, really? Is that that's nuts? They're talking a lot. The parents are talking a lot. Oh, but they're talking for the kid, huh? For yep. the kid. Like that's the, exactly what my friend was saying. Yeah. So that is the reason why her speech is actually a little bit slower than the average. And so when they realize that and trying to address this, the kid went. Bazonkers! She started freaking out. Huh? She started crying, whining, and it, obviously it's so hard to watch that. But they had to overcome that to have her talk for herself because she was so accustomed to the parents talking for her that she was like, "Wait a minute, I don't understand. I all I had to do was look at something. You would tell me what I want. Why is it that you're not getting that for me?" And so she had to figure out how to talk for herself. Now she's fine. She talks so well, but it's so fascinating to see that we see this family as a perfect family, and yet there was a problem, a huge problem that could happen in the future where she would have had speech issue. Yeah. So watching these, I'm like, oh, I'm learning a lot. I was yeah. like, I would have never thought of that. Yeah, and that's a generational gap too, because from、mm. our parents' situation was like. Hey, stop crying! What do you want? Tell、mm-hmm. me what you want.、Mm-hmm. This is and that's honestly the right way. But somewhere along the lines, because of whatever it is, new media or however it happened,、mm-hmm. they're like, "No, you don't want you don't want your kids to feel these emotions. They don't have to feel that way. You want them to be happy. Yeah, we want people to be happy, but we want. But when you raise a kid, I truly believe that you want them to be a functioning fucking member of society. <laughs> that should be your goal.、Yeah. They will be your best friend. They will love you. The, all that other stuff is there. If you if It can be there, and I've seen it from other parents.、Mm-hmm. Once again, I don't. We don't have a kid yet, right? Yeah. But I'm only basing it off of a, like a few people in my life, and I'm just watching them raise their kids. I've seen them face adversity with their kids, the attitude and everything else. But how they've done it was, to me, from what I've seen from an outside perspective, there was a great balance of like setting boundaries, showing、mm-hmm. that you love them,、mm-hmm. and they have. And that's hard,、it's、honestly, hard. because we、it's、all exhausting. Have, yeah, we have different personalities, we have different levels of patience, and we're gonna have different kids. You know, the kid that they had, it could have been perfect, like、yeah. combination, but for us, it could have been a whole different thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult, you know. And, and I, I, having Riley has taught me a lot, <laughs> dude. Funny fucking story, man.、What? So when we were in San Diego, we went we went on this small、oh. <laughs> we went on this small trip, right? And you know, communication is something that we're always learning、um, how to do day by day, right? I'm somebody who tends to be very candid and very blunt, and so when、Too、I say、blunt. these type of things, there's no. There's no emotions involved, and I actually found this out through emails, right? When I would write emails with like people that I'm working with,、mm-hmm. right? And the reason why is because the people that I'm working with right now also behave like I do. Where also, it's your position. Yeah, well, equal partners too. You know what I mean?、Mm-hmm. So like we all communicate the same way. So well, we built these companies together. So obviously, we're very like-minded human exactly, beings. Exactly.、Yeah. So when we when we talk and we say, "Hey, I think this is wrong." We don't have to say, "Hey, do you mind if I if I if I kind of like give you a suggestion?" We don't have to do any of that shit, which is why we can build and do things a lot faster than most people, right? But it takes a very specific type of mindset to be able to speak to somebody like that and not have your feelings hurt. Yes, you guys are very similar. Not only similar, but you guys are also all male, and I think no, the way- we're not. June, Anna. Oh, I'm talking about before June and Anna. Like no, I'm you, Bart, about this, Joe. No, I'm talking about this company specifically.、Mm. So, 
June, Anna, uh, Carmelise, there's, there's women, they all talk the way we do. So it's like, it's very, mm. when we say, maybe, but they all accept it the way that we do, right? So it's like when we, when we say things. Yeah, they accept it because they yeah. understand you. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, right? So we kind of built the company around very like-minded people, yeah. right? And so like, even when we had these meetings, they're like, hey, don't worry about our feelings. Just say how you, what you think we could fix it or not, right? Um, obviously, it didn't work well with uh, people who were, um, you know, obviously, like you said, that weren't equals in terms of the company power structure. Yep. And so they took it very harsh, you uh-huh. know, when, when there was criticism, right? Mm-hmm. And so having being being around that, I've learned like, okay, like communication skills are very important because mm-hmm. everybody takes in information very differently. And I found out through an email recently where there was something wrong with um, some of our advertisers. And I wrote an email, right, where it was just, hey, you guys said I didn't do certain things. And I wrote and I put it in bold and captioned, quote, quoted the script that I put out. And I was like, this, oh, yeah. This is what I this is what I did. So can you can you point out to me where I did something wrong? Mm-hmm. Right. It's very straightforward. When it re- when when I read that, it just looks pr- straightforward. But when they read it, they're like, oh, shit. Like, hey, man, I just want you to know that you really. Pre-. I was like, hey, I, I wrote back. Oh, did they write that? Yeah, I wrote back. I was like, hey, I'm not angry. <laughs> I'm like, 100 percent. I'm not angry. I just need to know that when I reshoot this, because um, I thought I did a good job. Yeah. Not to make the same mistake again. So I think when you are in work environment you and especially something like that Mm -hmm. you go into this yeah you block off all emotion you just get into facts like you're almost like a computer yeah it's like i need to figure out yeah what i did wrong so i could Mm -hmm. fix this you know and so what i had to kind of write to them is like listen when we work together just know if i'm upset in an email i'll write that i'm upset if you don't see those words, it means I'm happy. Funny so, enough, in email, especially work email, mm-hmm. there is a culture to exactly. it Exactly. The exclamation points, the smiley face, all this other stuff. And I kind of wrote to them like, this is not how I do it. Just know that if I'm ever upset or angry, mm-hmm. I will verbally write it out. If not, just assume that I'm really, really happy. Oh man, have so, I learned how so, to write emails through yeah, work. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, with, with, with her, me and her, we're, we're all we also go through those same communicative issues like specifically when we're here in san diego what happened so tell me we have a dog named riley right and so <sighs> my lovely riley i love her so so much <laughs> she is she does she loves that dog to death right and so i was oh, a do- getting teary just thinking about <laughs> oh my god oh. it's a dog and so i it's a special <laughs> dog <laughs> like i are you crying right now thinking about our dog She's ridiculous. I never loved a dog so much. <laughs> Yo, so with this woman, right? Oh. We're walking the dog, and she knows that I was a dog trainer. And, I, you know, I've taught You were so mean. I know what this is. I was not. You, Hey, we had a mediator in between. Oh, my gosh. And she Why said do I, you not have napkins here? <laughs> Why are you, you crying? Make people cry. I did not. We're just talking about the dog. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you crying? I don't know. It's because you love her that much? I love her so much. So, you know, she doesn't know how to walk, right? I (laughs) specifically was a dog trainer and I taught dogs how to walk all the time. And one of the things was, so when she was, she was kind of going crazy and Riley was super anxious and nervous and she was being dragged around. I was like, I was like, hey, give me the leash real quick. I'm going to teach her how to walk. Right. And so she took that in a very, very personal way. Oh, yeah. And I didn't understand why. And then um, so we have her best friend, Becky, who knows her very well. And then she could also kind of translate to me how she feels. So during that moment, I was sitting there and I was like, what is going on? 
you know and she was like i didn't like the way that you were talking i was like what do you mean like i'm gonna teach our dog how to walk and then you know Becky was sitting there. She didn't understand either. So she had to ask her some qualifying questions to understand where she's coming from. And so what it boiled down to for was from the dog walk. It wasn't about the dog. It was actually about her feeling her do- the dog to her is a test for her to see if she's going to be a good parent or not. Mm-hmm. And so when I said I was going to you know, teach the dog how to walk, she felt that she failed as a parent. So let me go and tell you what exactly happened there. It is true. This whole story is true. Just like that email conversation you had, the email culture, I think like you, when you were in that mode of trying to tell me that I need to teach Riley how to walk. I didn't say you need to. I specifically said, hey, give me the leash. I'm going to teach uh, Riley how to walk. Yeah. So when you said that, you know how you said it? You said, I'm going to have to teach her how to walk. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to teach her how to walk. It's the way you said it. We're saying that you're going to have to teach her because she's not being trained. That's how I received it. And that's how you received it. Yes. But that's-, that's, how you, that's how I received it. And you were saying that to me without, obviously, you're, you're not thinking about judging me or anything. Because you're it's just not like, just your dog, though. It's our dog. So it's... Eh? It is our dog now. But the way the fact is, yeah, the point was that I got that dog because I want to know if I could succeed as a mom or, you know, get a little taste of what it's like to be like a mom. The fact is that just like that email conversation and also your work, you know, seeing who you're talking to and how that would affect that person. If I'm pulling away a responsibility of that person that they want to achieve Let's just make sure that I'm not taking it away as in saying you have failed. Let me go and succeed this. It's just like, but let see, me help but you. But once again, though, like. But that's wh- how I received exactly, it. Exactly. That's how you received it, which is fine, right? But that, like I'm I just said, telling you that's the, what it t- felt like. The, the inference is from zero to 100. There's absolutely. A, there's absolutely no way from an outside perspective I would have known that this is a test of you being a parent, this dog. Like that right there is well, a you huge... you knew from the get-go. That's why I got not, her. Mm, 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 mm. There's that's no way some, somebody would be like, oh. Oh, me you mean si- that moment? Yeah, or? yeah, that moment. There's no way I would say like me teaching this dog how to walk is me inferring that you're failing as a parent. Oh, David. That is a, the leap is so David. huge and you couldn't explain it to me. So I was sitting there just like, yo, explain to me what's going on. And then you were so pissed. And I'm like, I, you got to explain this to me. What's going on? It was a tone that you gave out to. You were in your serious tone, but your serious tone didn't apply well but that's at that fine moment. i'm saying that's 100 percent fine but mm-hmm. the problem is is that in that situation the reason why i was so confused is because you couldn't explain how you were feeling i so couldn't like, explain it because i've never been in that situation before. but you could understand how unfair that is it's like it's that's true it's very unfair because i'm because it's not like i disagree i was like i said hey i was like i don't know what you mean what do you mean i think you should be more so this is a lesson learned is that oh my fiance, is, I, I think it's, it's crazy. Just, <laughs> it's just like I sh- basically there's a lot more to learn about your fiance. Yeah, but exactly. But that's why I asked, what do you mean? And you just got more upset. And I was like, yo, if you can't explain it to me and you can't talk to me, then I'm I'm lost. Yeah, I mean, OK, if you're saying please explain it to me and all I'm feeling is that I have failed. That's but not you, something you want to say aloud. You didn't say that either, though, dear. All yeah, you said I didn't was, want to. That's how I 
felt and I didn't want to say that. But, you, but that's not fair to the person that's asking because now I am at a point where you just said that I, I should, I have to try to understand. I have to, to say though, Becky understood exactly how I felt. She was like, I heard that. I heard that and I understand. No, she didn't. She didn't understand what you were saying. She had to ask you a few questions. And she then did she, because she wants to say it right. Because and she, she wants me to say it. That's what it was. She understood the feeling, but doesn't... And she understood my feeling, but to express it in words, I had to say it. That's why she didn't want to say anything. 100%. It, but once again, you have to understand from, a, from a, the other person's perspective, if you can't explain how you feel and the person's confused, right? I can't, I can't understand it. So but do it's, you understand it, now? It, but it's not like, of course, that's why we solved it. <laughs> but then the problem was, it's like, I think from you, mm -hmm. for you to expect somebody to understand what you're feeling when you can't even explain it is very unfair, right? Here's the thing though. No one outside, no one in my group, in my life would ever say something like that. So it, it's to begin with, it was shocking. That's understandable. That's still, you know what I mean? That's in your ideal world. That's why I'm saying communication is important and being able to speak how... Yes, how, communication is important. Exactly. I'm communicating though. I'm You're, asking you. I'm asking you, hey, mm -hmm. why does that make you feel bad? Yeah, and, you and go then like, we be, resolved it. And then what did you say? I don't know. You're being mean. And I'm like, hold uh -huh. on a second. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. That's, I was like, Wait, what okay. qualifies that? And then you just got more and more upset. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't... But we, okay, well, we're not going to get into details here. The conclusion is that we figured out what the problem was. Now, from there, you understood where I came from. And obviously, I understood where you came from. You didn't, you know, obviously, it wasn't because for you to attack my emotions or like, you know, what I was trying to achieve there. And you understood where I came from. Mm -hmm. So moving forward, now you know that. Oh, I, sh I will not, like you haven't said it. So you understand that you wouldn't say it like that in the future, right? Like for example, today you didn't do that. You remember like it was a mess in the beginning. So we, today we went for a walk again with Riley. And as usual, it's so hard to go for a walk with Riley because she has white hair and it gets so dirty. And it's just so much work on my head that I minimize. She has these cute I little boots. <laughs> So yeah, I give her. I bought these boots, oh, yeah. and they're so helpful. Like the her hair does not get dirty, um, and so we went for, out for a walk. But because I haven't gone out for a walk with her a lot, like she is just all over the place. And right away, David was like, "This is not gonna work out." And I looked at him. I was like, "Okay." And he's like, "Let me." And what did you say? I think you said along the line of, "Let me help you," or like, "Let me, let me try to do something here." Whatever the phrase was, it didn't stick in my head where I felt hurt. Or it could be that you've already heard, you now you know my intentions, so it allowed you to adjust. You know me. Even though I may know, if you say it the wrong way, it'll stay. So she just proved herself right now, this lady's unreasonable. <laughs> She's an unreasonable person. <laughs> and maybe you should know this is how women are. <laughs> unreasonable. <laughs> women are full of emotions, okay? And that's it. I think you did. Because you I also know too, like with dog training, um, just to go back with what I was saying, it was like what people find, the, the biggest thing that I found out from people that I know that taught me how to train dogs was it's not dog training, it's people training. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's teaching people how to understand that this is a dog and it's not your child. That is the hardest thing. Riley is my <laughs> no, child. <laughs> it, is a, it is a dog. Doesn't mean that you can't love it like a family member, right? But the way that dogs behave are not... The way the same way that people behave, 
right? And I think they always feel that when they set boundaries for these dogs, that they're that they're destroying them, that they're hurting them, you know. But in a pack, in a pack mentality, dogs bite each other's faces if they mm. if they step out of line. They literally bite them in the face, mm. you know. And for us, what we're doing is tugging a leash and saying no. Wait, mm-hmm. way better than gnawing at their neck and their face. Yeah. You know, so we're actually doing, like I said, it's not that we're oppressing the dog. We are responsible for this animal in the public. And it's a reflection of us as a person. And on top of that, other people shouldn't have to deal with our mess. And that goes the same thing with kids. That's why we say when you, when people raise asshole kids, you may have to deal with it in the household, but we have to deal with them in public now. Yeah. The teachers have to deal with these asshole kids. So that's what I'm always saying. Do you think we're going to have asshole kids? Oh, no. I'll beat the shit out of them. <laughs> Do you think I'm going to be a r- irresponsible parent? Because I, I can't feel- even freaking control my own dog when we're out in the public. I feel like it's different. And once again, you're, make, you're, you're comparing apples and oranges right now. A dog no, was, I'm not. No, I'm, you are. Because a dog and a child are two different things. You, it's going to be different. Right, oh, and yeah, then you and I are definitely going to clash in the future in terms of like parenting styles, right? Because you, because you already know I'm a lot more strict than probably most people think that I actually am. Like I, I tend to be boundaries person, right? But I think I like my parents too. My parents always set boundaries, and they were a bit extreme, and it caused a lot of turmoil. But the one thing that was a saving grace for me and my parents' relationship was they they always gave me an abundant amount of love, mm. right? It's you see, you've been to my household. The love is always apparent and it's always there. But if I tell you these stories of how they treated me, like physically beat the shit out of me and stuff, they definitely went extreme on that. But like I said, the biggest saving grace and the reason why my parents and I have the relationship that we do now is because they showed more love than they did hate. So that mm-hmm. was allowed, that kind of allowed us to mend our relationship in the future. So I, so when people do these things and they tell me like, Hey, you don't want to do go too far here, which is true to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, but discipline doesn't mean that you hate your kids. Discipline doesn't mean any of that stuff. Yeah. It, 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 it allows them a frame and a structure to understand how to react and behave in society. And if you don't want to do that, don't have a fucking kid. Don't have a fucking kid because now I got to deal with your fucking kid. <laughs> now I'm the one that has to beat your fucking kid's ass, you know? Yeah. So that's, I mean, I don't know. People can agree or disagree, but that's not really something I'm going to budge on. When you have a kid, you are raising somebody that's going to be a functioning or non-functioning member of society. That's true. That's, that's true. really what it is. You didn't answer my question though. You see, you basically said that you are going to be a responsible discipline parent. I was like, am I going to be irresponsible? You said, it's different. No, I said it's apples and oranges because you're comparing well, how you're going to be as a parent yeah. to how you behave no, with this I'm dog. I'm asking you. I did answer that. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> I'll repeat myself again. Uh-huh. You're comparing apples and oranges. <laughs> yes or no? That was the answer. No, it's not a yes or no question. It's not black and white like that. No, what is it? stop interrupting me i said you're comparing apples and oranges because you're you're thinking that the way that you are going to raise or treat your child is the same as this dog and you're not because a child is different from a dog so you can't it's cool for you to say like hey oh i want to see how i'm going to be a parent with this dog." it's all different it's different when you have this sentient human being that came out of your womb i'm so 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 when you ask me that question of do you think I, i i think you'll be perfectly fine I don't think that you're... That's what I wanted I to hear. Thank you. But you, you. got to let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> and don't ask questions expecting what you want to hear. Ask a question um, with the knowledge that somebody's going to answer it. That's oh, it. yeah. And so I, like I, for... Excuse- I meant I needed an answer like that. Yeah. That's what I mean. So like what I'm saying is that you can't compare that because a dog and a human is different. 
right? I know. I, so I wasn't. I wasn't comparing it's it with not, the dog. It's not a good. It's not a good comparison. So if you feel like you're not going to be that type of parent because of the way that you treat Riley, it's going to be completely different. My mom said too before she had me and my brother. Everybody was surprised that she raised two kids because they didn't think that she was going to have kids because she was so crazy. I wasn't asking, be comparing to Riley. I was asking as your fiance, and I wasn't expecting a specific answer from you. When I ask the question, so no need to lecture me on that. I'm not lecturing you. Yeah, I'm putting my finger up right now because I'm like, mm -mm. I just wanted to hear an answer. And I was giving you an answer, but yeah, it but wasn't going to be a yes. I want to yes clarify that it wasn't comparing with Riley because you were talking about your parents, their discipline. So I was like, okay, so what about me then? Yeah, and, I'm, and I just was wrapping it back to the fact that you got Riley to see if you're going to be a good parent. Mm -hmm, so I'm mm -hmm. saying that, that those two things, that sh you shouldn't reflect how you're going to be as a parent based on how you treat Riley as a disciplinarian. Mm -hmm, Do you see mm -hmm, what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, so I'm mm -hmm. encapsulating the whole conversation. Yeah. Critical thinking or listening skills, young lady. Whatever. You love to lecture. And why are you playing footsie with me? This is huh? disgusting. What are you talking about, dude? Come on. This is cute. Oh, what a conversation. It's hard, man. Like I said, we're not going to know what we're going to do when we become parents because it's it's all up in the air. Who knows? Like, I, like I'm saying, who knows? My kids might be a drug dealer or something, but all I know is I'm going to try my best. And that's all I could hope and ask for. But there are some great examples around me. Like, for example, I love, I love your cousins. Mm. Like the way they raise those two kids. Mm -hmm. I see them. I see the perfect balance of love and discipline, right? Mm -hmm. They listen to their parents, but at the same time, they... They have fun. They mm -hmm. love their parents, right? They're always smiling. They're happy. They have activities. And it also shows how involved they are in their kids' lives. So when somebody tells me that they they that they don't want to be overly, they don't want to like control their whole kid's life and set too many boundaries, that's yeah. dumb to me. That makes yeah. no fucking sense because those things are neither, neither here nor there. What, what, is, what does boundaries have to do with showing your kid that you love them? Mm -hmm. Like right now, you're so concerned that you want your kid to be best friends with you because you had a fucked up relationship with your parents and now it's going to affect the way that you raise your kid Yeah, in a negative way, in my personal opinion, because I've seen it. Mm. I've seen the kid. I've seen those two kids specifically, like how they listen to their parents Mm -hmm. and how they have some pretty strict boundaries, but mm -hmm. they don't resent their parents at all. Mm -hmm. Like their world is what their parents built around them and they kind of live in that in a very happy way. And I appreciate it. Like these kids, those kids are the happiest kids I've ever seen in my life. They're adorable. They're so adorable. So they're yeah. super intelligent, super smart, very active, a lot of extracurricular activities. And I don't think, at least my cousin didn't grow up like that. So I was actually shocked to see that they were playing Nerf gun in the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like man, that. the environment that they had those kids in is like, that's the type of parent that I want to be. That was so fun. That was so fun. I yeah. really enjoyed that day. I will, I hope that we could be that kind of parent. We are, because I'm going to get them Nerf guns. I'm going to blast them in the face. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, that wraps up this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed listening. I love you guys very much. You can find Mariel at Mariel underscore underscore song. And uh, Genius Brain every Thursdays and Sundays. What a very interesting conversation future parenting who knows oh yeah and then she cried over a dog i know i love my riley okay. oh my god what am i gonna say with my kids oh oh uh, you, you're gonna cry all the time i know i'm so emotional <laughs> and we'll see you all next time bye peace